Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity treatment. M-O-L-M-M. That feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, that's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto-tune that, put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. Six hours later. Y'all done got digly pain. You done got digly pain. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, you two. Hey. How's it? How's it been going this week? Uh, good. I mean, it is going. Um, is COVID still a thing? It is. It is. You should it wear. Is. You should wear masks. Unfortunate. Uh, the CDC recommends even after you're vaccinated that you should start your podcast with your scripted remarks. Ben, you you were playing a lot of okay. MLB the show. I am. Uh, I am. I think Jason and I have spent most of the week just watching the Giants on one screen, hey ben. lose to the hey, Padres, hey. and then playing MLB The Show 21 on our Xboxes on the other screen, and then watching random tutorials on our phones on the other screen. Podcast time, bud. Podcast time, bud. Circle back to the... Corey. Yeah. How many years into Road to the Show are you on MLB The Show? Who? <laughs> are you on... Are you... Double A, triple A, did you make it to the show yet? How's it been going? I'm on this show. Cora, I think oh, we're by go. the way. Yeah, let's get on let's get on the road to this show. Let's get on to the road to this show, Ben, and start the Speaking podcast. of podcasts. Mm. Have you Corey, have Corey, you is marked- there a thing we can click? Is there a mute button that we can click to shut him up? <laughs> I let's see. I'm Have you perfected your murders yet? Have uh Are you, is there gonna be like a follow up episode where you take like listener questions and I mean like, that's now Ben, that's a podcast. Perfect. It's just not ours. You're getting closer. We're getting closer. Guys. It, yeah, it feels like you're confused about There is no podcast. Okay? I But there is. We're just talking. I mean we're recording it right now. That's what Not this month. Remember we said we were gonna skip this month? Oh good. Good, because I skipped development again. Unless we all play MLB the show, there's not really a, a, a game. There is no game. There is no pod to talk about. So I don't know what we're doing here. What have you been doing, Jason? Is there a code on the screen that we can Yeah. I'm not on board. Here, here. Not on board. Corey, do you see the do you see the little mute sign there? If we can, if we can click that, yep. See if yep. I can do it. Now you can see unscrew. Can uh-huh. Unscrew his yeah. mic. Uh, unscrew his mic. Oh god. No, 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 no. Okay, if you were wondering what's going on <laughs> this month on Men of Low Moral Fiber, uh, we are talking about a game. We are talking about a game. Are we debatably talking about a game? But it's called. There is no game. Mayo. Wrong dimension. Nice. By the way, the like, I downloaded this on my phone. Same. And there is no, every time I went to look for it, like, oh, I should play uh, this month's game. Because the thing says ting, Mm. I would just scroll right past it. Like, that's that's not it. So the there is no game is very effective in the sense that I just skipped past the game every time I tried to play it. I was like, no, that's not it. The first puzzle is clicking on the game. Finding the game. Finding the app. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Nailed it. So I'm Ben. Over there's Corey. And then Jason's here too. And we're going to talk about there's no game. It's me. And we'll see if we record and stuff. This might end up somewhere, but there's there's no pod for sure. There's no pod. There is no podcast. Corey, once you got into the game, how was that experience for you? Mm. And we will say real quick, we will balance these views out. (laughs) I'm just going to make Roy three very different experiences for the rest of this. Fair mm. and balanced and Ben. That's the three of us. Oh, okay. Fair and balanced and Ben. Perfect. Let me speak my truth. I hate this game. 
Oh, wow. Just jumping so right in. So much. I, okay. And I knew as I was playing it, I said this to Mark earlier. I was like, um, Ben and Jason absolutely are going to have loved this game because it's <laughs> like right up their alley on like multiple different ways, not in the same way, but <laughs> there are certain things about this that I felt that I was like, Oh, I can exactly see how this is going to apply to them. But you remember how we had that, like that chart or whatever that Ben generated of like why we play games and how we enjoy them and like the yeah. overlap between and whatnot. And this just did not hit me in any of the things that, wow. that I, okay. Okay. I enjoy doing. So, uh, for one thing, unlike Ben, I hate repetitive actions. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you know, every when we play games, it'll be like Ben gets an achievement for having hit something more times than anyone would ever physically think to do it. Uh, and I want to do it once. And if it doesn't do the thing once, I'm over it. And so there's a lot of moments in this game where you are... Like, you have to keep doing sort of the same kind of thing over and over again. And some of that also sometimes was like a bit of a, like, I think there was some glitchiness to the phone app. A lot of glitchiness. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I watched afterwards, like, I watched Markiplier um, play it and Mm. was like, oh, some things that were, like, impossible for me, he did in an instant. Um, For example, there's, like, a a puzzle and puzzles. I'll get to that in a second. There's a puzzle, though, where you have to, like, pull up part of a carpet and it reveals a key. And he right away was like, oh, I bet if you pull, like, I need to do something with this carpet and something's going to happen. He goes, he clicks it. the window. Carpet pulls up. He sees the key. I hit that carpet so many times and it took probably 20 or 30 hits of me desperately trying to figure out there's nothing else I can do in here. It has to be the carpet before it finally was like, Boop! and rolled up, you know? So it was like, yeah, that feels like I it might've been the app. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. If I played it on the phone, I might've had a similar reaction. Right. Yeah. I, I hate playing games on my phone because it's of that, the unless worst. they're phone games. Yeah. Um, uh, and this, I wrote down, I was like, the thing is like, and this happened with the um, never alone as well, where I'm like, I think sometimes if a game yeah, is made for multiple platforms, the phone is going to be a weak one. It's just your fingers in the way sometimes. Like there's just things on phones that don't work the same way. So yeah, keeping in mind, this is part of it as well. You guys also know I'm bad at puzzles. <laughs> it's just not a thing that I'm super great at. My mind doesn't work like that. And I have no memory. Like, so if I like looked at something in on like one page, you know, like sometimes you're like scrolling through pages or things like that, or you're in like a big room or something of that nature. And there's something I'm going to need later. My brain doesn't go, Hey, remember that thing. That's gonna, that's going to be a thing you're going to use. So every time it's like, I'm starting with a blank slate Uh, and you know, every time a new puzzle comes up, I'm like, I don't have a clue what to start with. Now, when I'm playing something like Monkey Island, there's other things that keep me engaged during it. I enjoy like the storyline. Um, I like the wit in it. There's, I know what my goal is. Uh, and so I can kind of be like, okay, this is worth it for me to figure out this puzzle and try to do it without a hint or whatever, because ultimately it's more rewarding than that because I enjoy the entire game environment. Whereas for this, I didn't feel like 
I had any form of reward or sense of where I was going. I was like, okay, there is no game. I get the conceit of this. And where does this end? (laughs) Where am I going with this then? Like, okay, now I'm in these other dimensions where I'm playing some other kind of game, but like, what, what am I doing here? So it just like, didn't have the rewarding elements that I get from other games. Uh, And so then there was like, just because of that, I think I was so annoyed by it. Like it felt too cute. Like it was way too clever and it and it got obnoxious to me. Like at first I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. There's no game, yada, yada. And then after a while, I was like, I get it. I get that there's no game. I get uh, like, you know, and it just after a while just grated Wait, on me. <laughs> so if I could if I could take that baton, I think this is actually going to transition really well into the development history. Is that a, OK if I do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, okay. you know, right. that's so, <laughs> absolutely fine. Would you, Corey, would you have liked this game better if it was 10 to 15 minutes long? Yes, 100%. Would you have liked, <laughs> like, there is no game, and, <laughs> and you get the gag, and it's done. And it would, I felt like it would have hit for you so well. Totally. Like, and that, I, it's, I'm glad you actually said that, because that was the thing that I was about to say, uh, was that one of the things I'd written down as a note was that I was like, um, that it was like I had no idea how long I was going to be mm-hmm. doing this for um, because I didn't know I didn't have like a clear objective or anything like that. And even when I was watching Markiplier play it uh, after like the like first hour of it, he was like um, he was like, oh, I got to how long is this game supposed to be? And then he looked and he was like, oh, shit, this is a four hour game. <laughs> it was like, OK, well, uh, maybe I'll come back to it like. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's that like complete unknown of like what I'm getting into, where if this were 10 to 15 minutes, I probably would have had fun with it. Well, the reason I use that very specific number is because uh, remember, this is called There Is No Game colon Wrong Dimension. We did not play There Is No Game, which is the original Game Jam entry uh, that this came out of, which was 10 to 15 minutes long. I did know that. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um <laughs> French de- developer Pascal Camusoto, whose accent evidently sounds Russian, uh, or at least that's a bit he carries on throughout the entire game. Uh, so in 2015, he made this short 10 to 15 minute game. He made it in HTML5, uh, which is awesome in terms of like just bare bones, minimal development stuff. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, he made the uh, game in HTML5? Uh-huh. The original Game okay. Jam game was made entirely in HTML5. Um Okay. And uh, it won the 2015 News Gr- Newgrounds Construct Jam. Uh, the theme of the competition was deception, right? So mm-hmm. you can see why it fits really well, why it would take off mm-hmm. really, really well for people for that. Um, makes sense to me why in that context, the game would do well and then would go viral and people would love it. Uh, it did. Millions of people downloaded it. Uh, he started a Kickstarter it, to make like a full five or six hour game. Right. Unfortunately, the Kickstarter failed. Oh. oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it just well, failed. Like in the game. Right yeah, now, I'm no. Michael Douglas, no, no. and I'm in the game. Yes, yes, you are. So um, he ended up self-funding it, working with a partner to do it, and created actually a um, a game company to do it called Draw, Draw Me a Pixel with his co-creator, and then released this six-hour version. Worked on it for the last six years or so. And it was a, a modest hit, right? People mm-hmm. really dug it. 
when it came out in August, I think, of uh, last year. Yeah, and now now we've got it. Uh, it's available on uh, Switch. Um, it's available on iOS, Android, Mac, and PC. That's pretty much the entire story behind it, other than uh, this is not his first game. He's been a longtime developer. This is just kind of his first solo game, or his, his mm-hmm. kind of first big one. He's just usually worked in larger teams. Would we have known anything else that... No, they were oh. French games that I did not recognize the names of. Ah. You mean uh, Russian games? Yeah, Russian games. Thank you. Um, and so uh, he did note one of his big influences for this is the Stanley Parable. Uh, I think Ooh. we all got that connection. I think we can yeah. all feel God, that. I love that game. I- <laughs> and, and I want to talk about, like, as we get into this, and we'll get into the actual story in, in a second. Um, and then after we do, I want to have this out with Corey because I loved this and I really, really didn't like the Stanley Parable. <laughs> like, I had the exact op- opposite reaction of, like, right, yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. We're, it's mm-hmm. a good joke. We're we're done with it though. Um, yeah, totally. And and played the demo for Stanley Parable and thought this was fantastic. Like the original Stanley Parable yeah. was great, tight, works for me. So yeah, would love to hash that out. Um, I love both. You love both. <laughs> Games made for Ben. I like Marvel movies. <laughs> I like superheroes. Boom 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 boom. Cool. See, sometimes in a movie something bad happens, but then at the end everything's okay. Yeah. Exactly. So. In this game, the bad thing that happens is there is no game, and you are at a constant battle with the UI itself. Uh, the user interface does not want you to play this game, Mr. 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 Game. game. Uh, and it turns out, uh, as you get further, that he is brokenhearted because he has lost the love of his life, Gigi. 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 Uh, short for, uh, thank you for using your Russian accent, Ben. Gonna be um, a, a lot, a lot of bad, strong, bad impressions. <laughs> that was, kind of, it was like, what it sounds like. like half hour into the game, I was like, this is strong, bad. Yeah, it's French strong, bad. strong, bad. Russian strong, bad. Half crap, there's no game. Oh, oh no, <laughs> then the computer off. So you find out that GG was global, global gameplay. And the way that I kind of interpret this happening is that the, the game is like the UI, all the other systems, but the actual gameplay mechanics are what is lacking. What, mm-hmm. what Mr. Mm-hmm. Game doesn't have anymore and what Mr. Game misses. Um, which ends up being a kind of meta argument about how games have changed over the last decade or so. But he then is reunited with GG, um, who was taken from him to become part of a GPS system called RPG GPS. Uh, a fantastically stupid name that I absolutely love. Which is just... Uh, if you could make a GPS that looked like Zelda from, like, top-down or, like, three-quarter view, yeah, that would be amazing. Imagine if I'm just like, okay. oh, how would I get to the store? And it's just like... And it has, like, Winco in, like, pixelated view and, like, all these, like, shrubs and bushes everywhere. It's like... Hacking bushes it's probably like apart. a skin you can get for Google Earth that exists and does this, but it, that'd be amazing. Needs to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then you find out that, that the glitch is going against you and is trying to use this uh, GPS system somehow to take over the world. Vague. Undefined. Yeah. Uh, deliberately so. And then by the end of the game, sorry, spoiler alert, you do defeat evil and win and become reunited and become once again a game. Beautiful. I loved it, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, we're 20 minutes in or whatever. I really, really enjoyed the concept of of there being no game and just like the kind of like the meta UI messing with all of the things on the screen and that becoming the game. And then you jump in into Legend of the Secret, the Zelda-like game where you are 
just kind of constantly cheating as Link. You're like, even, uh, what's her name? Yes. The, um, yes. Hey, listen, uh, what's her name? Yes. I think it is Navi, right? Or it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's Navi. navigation. Yeah, yeah. So the, the little fairy yeah. who's like, yeah. hey, listen, gets you up. So it's yep. a lot of Zelda vibes. Uh, and you're like, oh gosh, so annoying. Link's just an idiot. And he just smacks it. It's his alarm yeah, clock. Yeah, and, and that, yeah, Link's just an idiot, and you're constantly trying to help him. And you and Mister Game are kind of teaming up. I like the little co-op of you helping Link get to like the wizard boss at the end, and just like I really enjoyed the like cuteness of that story. And then going back for the like pay-to-play version where you have to like build like all the barrels and all the trash cans and like click on them to get the coins because. I love stupid phone games where you have to like pay to play and I never pay for them. <laughs> so I have to like click on the little barrels 50 times or a thousand times or whatever to like get enough money to defeat the basic monsters and stuff. And I love the gamification of the thing that's not the actual game. It's just like the thing that yeah gets you to play the game. <laughs> but yeah, it's like Corey said, yeah. the thing where it's just like clicking a thing a thousand times. I can really, I mean, I, Tetris is my favorite game of all time, so <laughs> it's a little repetitive, but I love it. Yeah. So I, I yeah. and then the last 90 minutes or so when it's kind of like, it rips, oh, I skipped over probably my favorite part it should be our podcast as a whole favorite part, which is the Sherlock and Holmes part. Yeah, I was wondering, I was like, you didn't even mention that, which like, just is like Sam and Max or like, it's just like yeah, a very the tentacle Sam and Max 93 era Totally. Oh my gosh. I loved that. And I was I was hoping it would be all of that. I think Jason, I called you right when it got to the Legend of the Secret part. And I was like, are we just gonna get like a tour? Like is every level just like a different game from like nineteen eighty nine to now? And he's like, No, that's that's just kind of the last one. And I think I think it was cooler <laughs> than that because it, it broke Legend of the Secret. Uh what was it called? Legend of the Secret Ultimate Clicker VIP edition four point two free. Which is just fantastic design and and writing uh and then getting into like the going through the vortex and all that and finding Gigi and then breaking my brain with the IRL stuff of the actual programmer in his apartment and all the like smart devices where you're like making his coffee and turning the lights on and off I thought that was really well done for the amount of budget that it obviously had there are games do we know what the like what kind of budget this had I mean, obviously, it's Kickstarter didn't go through any self-funded, so it's, you know, clearly yeah. low budget. I just mean, like, what ended up on the screen wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah. for the stuff that was on the screen, it was done really well. Raised 3,000 pounds. 3,000? 3, 3, euros. Oh, Sorry. okay. That's, Raised 3,000 euros. That's not many euros. Not That's not much <laughs> uh, to, to work on a game for five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, with the kind of CGI involved uh, with the big action scene of the vacuum cleaner and him fighting each other it didn't seem like there was necessarily <laughs> that was fantastic a lot of budget oh. but there were some what it was yeah i thought it was it, they did a really good job of kind of making it silly but also not believable and realistic aren't the right words but like it never like pulled me out of it or like this isn't real like i was very much in the moment of like oh this is like a silly game trying to take over the world like i'm i'm in I don't know, and maybe because I was never in because there is no game. I'm never like in on the plot. I was able to kind of take it at all face value because there was no game. So it, there was nothing to be taken out of. It tricked my six year old uh, in the in the scenes in which it's because uh, I'm playing on my TV. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the scenes in which you've got uh, on the left side of the screen, you've got the programmer in his uh, apartment uh, actually coding the game. 
And on the right, you've got some controls and you end up like uh, making his coffee maker go on the fritz. And like, mm. I, I turn on the light at one point and like it electrocuted him when he tried to yeah. turn it off. <laughs> Dude, that's um, scary. Like just lightly. And he's like, ow. And, oh, that, and so my, yeah. my kid walks in and is like, is this real? And I was like, uh, no, 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 it's, it's not real. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's just a game. Um, and she's, she's like, are you, are you sure? Is he, are we really looking at him right now? Yeah. Cause it looks like, like no, CCTV. I mean, it, it is real. Yep. It is a real video. Yep. And so I, I click and, and it electrocutes him with the, with the phone, just a quick zap or um, with the uh, light. And yeah. she goes, Oh my gosh, is that real? And I was like, no, no, it's not. She goes, do it again. <laughs> I have some. I have wow. a few select Black Mirror episodes for your daughter to watch, uh, so she can maybe some Westworld, uh, just to test My if she's God. a psychopath or not. Agreed. You know, <laughs> that's hilarious. But I also pressed that button thirty-two times, so I get it. <laughs> Ben's never met a button he won't press way too many times. No, no. It looked like I hurt that guy. Did it hurt me? Nope. Press it again. <laughs> I'm fine. Hey Ben, uh, mark it for the Christmas episode, uh, the holiday episode. <laughs> Yeah, thank no, you. just mark it for the holiday Perfect. episode. Ben's never met a button you won't press <laughs> a thousand times. Oh, it's you so got it. true, man. <laughs> <Yep>. um. <laughs> so when you, Corey, when you were playing the the Mumphy part, the Sam and Maxie, uh, Sherlock and Holmes part, mm-hmm. most of that was only three screens. I guess each each of those backdrops had another, you know, a backdrop. So there's six screens. Was that what was that like for you? Was it were you still in that part? Was there any like nostalgia for you I mean, for Monkey Island in that part? Yeah, there was like I enjoyed, I liked what it looked like. I liked the vibe and like that nostalgic element of it. Yeah, but the gameplay was just so difficult for me, and the puzzles because it was like I literally, I mean, that part is maybe where I like really kind of recognized why I was so frustrated, and that I'm like I just don't. I just don't remember where things were to come up with this. And then I'm constantly using like hints throughout the game, Yes, you know, and, and that, then it doesn't feel like I'm playing a game. I'm like, what's the, what's the point if I keep on using the hints over and over again? And so, yeah, it's, I mean, I think that's the thing with this game overall is that there are things about it that I appreciate, you know, aesthetically, nostalgically, like, you know, just kind of, enjoying even sort of the commentary that Jason was talking about on games. But the process of playing it was frustrating for me because it didn't do the things that I want a game to do. And like recently I downloaded this game because I like you playing, you know, games that are meant for you to pay money to keep progressing in them. I play Candy Crush all the time. And I was, like, stuck on a level for, like, two weeks. Uh, and so I was, I went and I was like, what else can I play? And there is, like, nothing that, like, gives me the hit that Candy Crush does. You know, like, I'm always downloading, like, something that's like Candy Crush or whatever. Or I'll yeah. download a trivia game or I'll download whatever. And nothing is ever the same thing as Candy Crush. Have you have you tried Tetris before? I hate Tetris. Tetris? It's a Russian game <laughs> It's so happy when you win. It is so happy. Uh, <laughs> oh my bad. But it, uh, I was looking for something like that, and I downloaded this suite of games um, that are like specifically to settle your anxiety and things like that. And it's just like, I mean, there's probably 40, 50 things in this, and uh, there are some of them. Like, like one of the games is literally like you're just like. It's just a chalkboard and you can write on the chalkboard and you can erase the chalkboard. 
stuff like that. Some of them are like the, you know, the little marble game where it's like a maze and you're trying to like, you use your phone and you like do that kind of thing. So some of them are kind of like satisfying what they're like. You pop bubble wrap in some of them. There's like things that are really satisfying about them. But the thing is, is it like most of these things actually make me super anxious because I don't have like the goal that I'm looking for. And so when I finish doing something, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm satisfied by it. Um, Is I just it's okay. Well, I've done this thing. And now what? And that's kind of how I felt playing a lot of this is that like I knew there was an end goal. Right. Like and there's a story developing and things like that. But I couldn't see it. And thus everything that I was doing that was frustrating me just really felt like I was, you know, all the things that I am weakest at at playing a game, which is largely puzzles and remembering something and going back to it and returning and being like, now let me put these things together. Even something as simple as like in the beginning when you're like trying to take like the cursor and you have to pop the balloon with it, you know, like it just didn't dawn on me to be like that cursor will do something. So I sat there for, you know, 20 minutes trying to figure out like there's no more things in this room. Yeah. And then not knowing where I was going once I did that, it just being like, oh, and now here's another barrier to the game. <laughs> it was, ugh, I just couldn't, uh, that was, so yeah, I appreciated things like that Sherlock thing. It was cool and aesthetically pleasing, but it just didn't, my strengths were not yeah. there. Fair. Yeah, I want to I wanna think about puzzles mm-hmm. with you. Because uh, you said a couple times that, that you don't like puzzle games. Um, I didn't say I don't like puzzle games. I said I'm bad at puzzles. Okay. That's a You're separate puzzles. thing. Puzzles. I don't, and I don't think that it, that either are necessarily true. In that, I think Yoku's Island is a puzzle game. Oh yeah, right. Mario is a puzzle game, but they're they're not right. called that. That's yeah. not the genre. And uh, but they're very different kind of puzzles. And it tells me something about what kinds of right. puzzles you yeah. like. And to me, I, I would describe them as uh, kind of embodied. Mm. Right. There's something physically in mm-hmm. you. Know, you feel like you're moving around mm-hmm. in this space, and you move in a different way, and you can do this right. kind of thing. Whereas um, Monkey Island, there's some embodiment to it, but often it works on a pun right. level, mm-hmm. right? Where it's an a, a, some level of abstraction. And then this game is just pure levels of abstraction. Yeah. Right? And the only joy that comes in solving these puzzles is in how many layers of abstraction right. can you go? And then you're like, ah, oh, look! The thing about the thing about the thing about the thing made yeah. it look cool. <laughs> and if you, if you find that experience to be satisfying and fulfilling, this game right. is going to be for you. And if that sounds really boring, this game is not going to be for that's you. Exactly that's exactly it. it. That's the entire, that's it. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I like my experience of it. Uh, and, you know, the way that I was saying that I had told Mark that I was like, oh, I know the Helms brothers are going to like it. Is that my, my thought process was never, this is a bad game. You know, the, the thought process wasn't like this. It was a very distinct, this game is not for you, Corey. <laughs> like, this is just yeah. your, you know, this game is built in such a way that activates all your frustrations rather than giving you the things that when you play a game you are looking for and i think you're definitely sort of hitting on hitting on that the levels of abstraction that's just never really been yeah the way that i think you know that's not how my brain works (laughs) or it's how it works at work yes that's 100% a thing, too. Yeah, right? it's how it works at work. Because right? I, I know you well enough to know that, no, you can think abstractly, Corey. You're just <laughs> right. fine. You're right. very, very intelligent. But I put that in its box. <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that's just not what I do for fun. That's not how Candy Crush works. Yeah, that's not how Candy yeah. Crush works at all. Right. You know, yeah. that's, yeah, I think that's exactly it, too, is I, I 
have noticed that about myself too. Like I think of when I was in a book club and we read the book House of Leaves. Have you guys ever read that? Yeah. yeah. Love it. One of my favorites. Yeah. And I think we might have talked about it before. Um, but the fact that reading that book, all my thought process was, is this is work. This is a thing I do for work mm-hmm. reading something like yes. this. So none of the like fun, spooky, all that stuff came through that book for me because all I was thinking was like, this is like reading every film asshole I have to read right. at UCSB yep. and I'm not enjoying this. So I, you're, I think you're right. I don't like my work brain to overlap with my fun brain. And, and I'm the reverse in that. House of Leaves is literally the only book that's ever scared me. Yeah. <laughs> I find Stephen King really boring. Sure, yeah. And I and I just, it doesn't do anything for me. But like House of Leaves, I was like on the edge of my seat, yeah. worried about a monster. And it was because part of my brain could be taken up with thinking about like, oh, that's a fun Derrida reference. Yeah. Great work. Great work, bud. <laughs> I hope that monster doesn't kill him though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think, I don't know if there's enough to this game to keep going about gameplay. We can just jump into the drink and the... In the song, JD, is there any more you have? <laughs> yeah, maybe like favorite puzzle. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a good call. Well, yeah, uh, and and Corey, I don't know if you have any that that for you were like, okay, that that's good. Like maybe if there was one you did yourself that worked for you, but for me, uh, the most satisfying puzzle was unscrewing the um, talk, look at, grab commands in the uh, the Monkey Island reference one, the David Tentacle one. Mm-hmm. Uh, where so at the bottom of the screen, you've got these like oh uh, yeah icons telling you yes. to click on this. And you click over here, and you can pick something up, right? Of course, you can't do that because you're not actually playing the game. But what you can do is turn the entire computer around, unscrew the back of it, and then look at the game from behind. And then you can unscrew each of those by moving around other elements. And so, like, seeing the little, like, eat command, Mm -hmm. which was funny that that's one of them. Like, that made me laugh. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Just seeing that mouth, like, fall off the screen was hilarious and felt so satisfying. There was something Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. visceral about that that I enjoyed because it made me feel as though those old games could be taken apart in a physical way. You know, I recognize those old games, not necessarily just as representation, but as the little hand icon feels like it exists, feels like it has weight. And to have that, you know, um, satisfied, to have it feel like somebody else feels like it had weight felt really good. It was like, oh, oh, it's my childhood. Yay. I feel like a kid again. Wee. So after you beat Legend of the Secret the second time, after the, the pay-to-play version, Mr. Glitch locks you in, like, that credit sequence where you can, like, flip between the different types of credits with, like, the That's old-timey, good. there's the guy you're shooting bullets, there's the snow, there's, like, the cat, it's all the weird stuff. Anyway, it's Laser Slice Attacks. Tetris. It's the Tetris one. Laser Slice <laughs> Attacks. I see it now. Laser Slice Attacks. Tetris, where you have to, like, cut the board in half and, like, put your triggers on. <laughs> Where it was like 30 seconds of Tetris, but I got my fix and it was great. Oh man. Anytime Tetris or any sort of thing shows up in a game that's close to Tetris, I'm in. I feel like I always knew you loved Tetris, but somehow you've mentioned it like 9,000 times today. And I don't feel like you ever talk about this normally on this podcast. I think because it's Russian, just like the narrator. Mr. Game was Russian. Obviously. Yeah. So it's got that connection. To be clear, Tetris is French. And then Corey, your favorite game was there. Uh, you're in Ed's favorite game. Yeah, yes. Parappa! Rob Papa the paper. Is that what it is? Rob Papa the paper. Where you get to use him in the other game for the guy that needs paper. Uh, yeah, please, paper, please. Please, papers. Please, paper. Please, paper. <laughs> I really actually wonder if my sister would enjoy this. Oh, I'm sure man. she'll try it after after listening to this episode. Be but I'm curious if she would. Yeah. I think she does have more of a mind 
that would enjoy these kinds of things than I do. Well, I think I the my favorite. I don't even know if they were puzzles, but just like were the silly tropes that it made fun of. Like this one, I'm going to show you, uh, which was the first time you enter the the dungeon. <laughs> so good. And the main uh, the link character uh, steps on um, a switch. And he's like, oh, I'm going to step on the switch to open the next door. Like when you're in your first Zelda dungeon and it's all these switch combinations to like open up the next door. And there's another switch and you step on it and another switch and you step on it. And every time you step on the switch, snakes drop for like four snakes drop from above. And he just keep doing it over and over and over and over until it's. And he won't turn snakes. around. And yeah, he won't he, he, turn around. He's just like, well, I guess I better <laughs> keep standing on this same square. How do, you, how do you get rid of the snakes? I can't uh, remember how to beat that. Do you? Oh, you just keep adding snakes until one of them lands on the right switch. But they all disappear, don't they? Yeah, because when he lands on the right switch, it clears all the snakes and opens the door. That's what it is. Okay. And the, That's what it the, is. the hero goes, ha, I knew if I just stood there long enough, it would open. <laughs> That's what it was. So stuff like that, it's like <laughs> pretending to be a puzzle, but actually isn't a puzzle. I love that. Oh, I yeah. loved that. There was another part that was very similar to that, where it's just like waiting out a thing. And yeah. now, see, when you say this out loud, doesn't this sound like a thing I'd hate? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sit there and wait. Like, that entire thing you just described, doesn't that sound like my nightmare? That's fair. <laughs> I, I did like in the very next room, you have to like, there's this really laborious task of shining a light because the hero is scared of the dark and he won't like walk across the room where it's clearly lit right on the other side of the room. Just walk over there. And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's too dark. And so like, it takes forever and you finally get it done. And of course you have to do that room again, almost instantly. <laughs> yeah. And the second time he walks through, he goes, Hey, I bet I could just walk over there. And it's great. It's like just so mocking good. you. Like, I hated him so much at that moment. I was like, I heard so many times. Ugh. I know Jason's favorite part of the game was when when you beat the glitch yep. and you finally get to like start your game because the 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 creator gets to make his game. You get to you see the the booting screen or I guess like the the intro to the actual Kickstarter that failed, not the actual one, the in-game Kickstarter that failed. Yeah, and it's just a picture of a goat next to lightning and fire, and it says. The land of Skyrule has been plunged into chaos since the attack by the evil army of Gotan, the Prince of Darkness. But Ty, a young rogue born with the ability to fly, will do everything in his power to bring light to the kingdom. God, I would play the shit out of that game. <laughs> Sounds like so much fun. I first of all knew that yeah, Jason would love that game, and it would it would all be subtitled and in Japanese. Yeah, it would. And Corey and I would never play it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I loved right after Mr. Game just goes, you, you could just feel that it was written by 12 people. <laughs> it's pretty well done. Yeah. I just love the, the cuteness of it all. And this, without the helps or the hints, I would have been much more frustrated. But the fact that I could hit, hit the hint button anytime, even though it was like a little boo. No, every time I did, <laughs> oh, God, I don't care. I clicked it a lot. It was great. <laughs> I can't be bullied. <laughs> exactly. I don't care. I got places to be. <laughs> I loved it. Cor- Corey, was there, this is your, your chance to do it. Was there anything about this game that brought you joy? I like the, there are certain, well, it's kind of like that anxiety game I was talking about, you know, where like you're popping bubbles and things like that. There were certain sort of tactile elements of this game that I enjoyed that I think Like you can feel kind of like what you were saying, like you can feel the weight of something or like there's something satisfying about unscrewing something or, you know, stuff like that, that I did 
you know, that gave me my little like hit of the good, uh, good hormones whenever there was something that I really just like I felt, um, which I think, well, I don't know what it was like playing on other things, but I do think maybe that is a positive of the phone as well. Cause you're yeah. so directly touching everything. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm, you know, if I am unscrewing something, I'm like distinctly doing that and getting that little bit of feedback mm-hmm. as it's happening that I really enjoyed. I think like the the elements of it that really gave the game a feeling of weight and a feeling of texture and whatnot was enjoyable for me. And there was this aspect I played on the phone too of breaking the fourth wall because there was this one moment in the dungeon where you you tickle the skeleton or the skull who has a, a key in his mouth and he like sneezes and the key flies up and I was stuck there for ten minutes. I even did all the hints and the hints were like <laughs> the last hint because it gives you like three gradually getting more obvious yeah. to what the answer is. And the last hint was like, what if you tickled his nose? I was like, no, no, no. I like that. I got that figured out. I know to do that. How do I get the key? And I'm like moving barrels over. I'm like trying to get the, maybe the key has to land on the feather. And Jason, I texted Jason like the next day. Cause I just like went to bed and I was like, I'm not going to like Google it. I went like, is it broken? I like yeah. restarted it. And Jason's like, I think you just grabbed the key somehow. I can't remember what I did. And I pulled it up the next day and I was like, Oh, you literally take your finger you- and grab the key, <laughs> which is like a thing that you, you couldn't do if it was on an Xbox or a PlayStation or whatever. Right. I mean, the fact that it's touchscreen definitely like it gets rid of a barrier, but it also adds one to my brain because I'm like, oh, I can use my fingers right. to be the cursor. You're looking for a workaround that yeah. you don't need. I'm looking for a, U- a UI <laughs> element to grab it when yeah. it's just my finger. Yeah, it kind of broke my brain. I like that. And there's a couple moments like that, but that was the one that like. I literally put the game down. Was like, I guess the game's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Got to restart it. That's a very me response. Ah, this doesn't work. <laughs> oh, the other time I restarted the game, Jason. This is your uh, Earth Mother Bound Two. Was the uh, the one where I got to? This might be like Sakura, or I don't know what the game that, that you had to do this on. But you talked about it a couple times, so you'll get there. Uh, where it got to whatever? It, it, there was a lot of like plots towards the end, but one of the endings of the game, it gets to it. I think when. Gigi disappears. Like Gigi goes away and it's just you and Mr. Game and he goes to your save files and it deletes all your save files and it goes to the start of the game to like the boot screen of the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I yep. guess the game's over. Like I was 100% yes. in on like <laughs> yeah, it it tricked you. You sucks. were like like, you forgot it, the it shows conceit you, of the game. It's one thing if it like starts the game over. I'm like, ah, oh, that's silly. Yeah. But like, it shows you your save files, and it says deleting <laughs> save files. Shows you your save screen, and like gets rid of all the levels. I was like, I just spent four and a half hours getting to this. Like, I stopped the game. I like on an iOS, like I double clicked, and so it like restarted the game. I closed the game out, started the game again, just to like see like I guess the game's done. I'm not going to go play those four and a half hours again. And I went to my save games and it was like, you're at stage six, six hours in or whatever it is. Like I just picked up right where I was. Yeah. It's just part of the UI. But that, those were the two moments where I was like, this is so freaking hard or this sucks or like, not even not like downtrod, but more just like, what am I doing? I've never seen a game do these two things to me. But yeah. did, you, didn't you have a game no. that like no. the option at the end of the game was deleting all your save files? Yeah. I'm not going to say the name of it because it's a huge spoiler. Oh, okay, so imagine cool. instead that it was 40 hours. Oh my god! <laughs> and it wasn't a joke. <laughs> that, that's the official ending of the game. Yeah. Is that it awesome. clears all of your saves? Awesome, yeah. and they're all gone. Like you, and it rewards you by saying like, "And by the way, here's one more scene you get because you did Aww. that." But then when you come back, it's just like, 
cleared and the only thing that's changed is like the ba- i think the background has like a slightly different color to it to mark that like you have beaten this game yeah. right there's New no other plus. record of that it's, it's acknowledging that yes this uh this did happen wow yep. you know so that no- you don't sit there trying to like reboot your system and all that kind of stuff over and over there, but yet no ben there's no new game plus this is on your fifth try through new game plus that you get to this thing <laughs> and you just unlock the thing that allows you to, to warp to any moment in the game and oh. like add enemies take away enemies do like it gives you it's the just most super powered cheat code in the world wow. it's amazing and it's like uh you're gonna lose access to that you sure you want to do this and ask you like 20 times but you're wow. like i gotta see that last scene it's a good scene it's a good scene <laughs> that's when you just pull up that scene on youtube and keep playing in god mode forever yeah exactly because it feels so good emotionally okay i don't have those <laughs> ben's allergic yeah i bought i, I ejected that disc oh. i put it in a box and i gave it to a friend and i was like it's so rare to feel done with a game. And it felt so good to just be like, it's done. I can't, I'm not going to play it again. It's done. I want to go play it again right now. <laughs> so something that's been like in the back of my head with this game is it does the damsel in distress thing a couple times. It mm-hmm. feels like it's trying to make a commentary on it. And I think it mostly fails at the commentary. I, yeah. Mm. Like, go for it. I, what it, do you think it, it's like, trying to say? Well, I think it's trying to make fun of games that always like, okay resort to the damsel in distress trope, right. right? But it doesn't right. provide any alternative, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And then we got like, there's the other meta joke that the meta story around it is another damsel in distress, right? There's the one in the legend of the secret and then the one that's in the larger story, right? So it's definitely yeah. being made fun of in the legend of the secret and it's kind of being made fun of in the larger story, but there's no teeth to the critique right? and there's no alternative setup. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, maybe there's something I missed. There's there's a more clever thing going on, but I didn't see anything. It just felt like, at some point, it was just kind of that lazy game trope of damsel in distress. Like, yeah, it feels. It, it seems like it's so hard for games to get this right. It's like, you know, we talked about that with Curse of Monkey mm-hmm. Island, too, where yeah. it's like the whole point of it being like, oh, Elaine is not a damsel in distress to ultimately make her a damsel in distress anyway. You know, like, yeah, it seems like it shouldn't be this hard to comment on that trope but maybe that's the thing is that people haven't figured out like what is our what is our alternative to this especially in a game that is centered on yeah. like an ostensibly male character you know <laughs> like yeah. uh yeah. what is our solution Everything. to this i mean this is a game that can rethink yeah ui and let the ui tools be the thing itself it can undo anything with games except yeah. for the damsel in distress trope. Yeah, it can't figure out that. That's the limitation of imagination for this game. That is kind of interesting. It's so wild. I think it's just, it just goes back to like the heteronormative traditional culture of Russia and how that influences all of the art that comes out of mm-hmm. Russia. No? Is that not? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Russia. No? Okay, sorry. No. Get out of here. Because Ringo Ishikawa <laughs> yeah, no, exists. <laughs> that game is good. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this game's pretty fun. You with frustration. When I was all done, I just had to question. What's the beer? What's the song? I can't always tell. I just want to know. What game is Westy 12? My drink is cranberry juice because it's not a beer. I don't have anything clever about it. Yeah. I like cranberry juice. It tastes good. Um, it's good for your urinary tract. I was just going to say, it's good for UTIs. And for preventing them. 
I guess it's bad for UTIs, technically. Right. And for productive what? You don't have to drink it when you get the UTI. It's like a preventative measure, right? Yes. Or at least that's what the old wives say. That's a good point. Though. Too. And the young ones. Yeah. And the, the way our friends did it, it felt like it was like cheering on the UTI. Like, it's good yeah. for it. It'll help UTI. that UTI. 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 Yeah, give it that cranberry oh. juice. We, you go. Did you say why yet? <laughs> because it's not a beer. That's the entire That's reality. literally. Okay, cool. That's it. Do not look for deeper meaning. There is no meaning. Corey, what do you got? Uh, my drink is kombucha because I do not like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. So, listener, imagine the kombucha girl gif, right? <laughs> she tastes it. She thinks about it for a second. She likes it. She doesn't. <laughs> she's not sure. Then she likes it again. She's not sure. And then she likes it, right? <laughs> and I want you to freeze. We got the thinks about it for a second, doesn't like it, and then freeze the gif and we're done. And that's we're it. out. That's the whole thing. And that's it. That's Corey's reaction. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Precisely. I did not drink coffee. I would say I never drank coffee until I was like, I don't know, 28, 30, somewhere in that range. And I'd made coffee for Hannah every day on her way to work, and I just wouldn't make one for myself. Finally, I tried coffee. and was like, holy shit, this is really good. Coffee's great. Have you guys tried this? This is awesome. People are like, <laughs> what kind of coffee do you like? How many lumps of sugar and cream? What do you like? You like lattes, cappuccinos? I was like, only black espressos maybe an americano if you're like you want a longer experience but only just give me straight coffee into my veins want the caffeine love the bitter uh and then went to a place in portland i was visiting some friends in portland five years ago went to a little shop called never coffee little cafe uh where they have you can get standard americanos and whatever else you want at, at most places but they have like their specialty are these five kind of flagship lattes holy grail Oregon, Rich Kid, Midnight Oil, and Hug. Midnight Oil. And all themed around specific experiences in Oregon or around Portland that mm-hmm. give you this specific aroma or nostalgic feel. Uh, for instance, the Oregon is my favorite, and it's a latte with Cascade Hops, Dulce de Leche, and Jacobson Sea Salt, which is a local salt company from the Oregon coast, meant to invoke aromas of evergreens along the ocean on a rainy day. And it is just like the warmest, like earthiest, this is my experience with coffee the first time ever not just being black coffee. So <laughs> right. it tasted like an Oregon milkshake. And then I think Hannah's favorite is the Hug, which is again a latte, but spiced with spicy cacao, smoked chilies, and cinnamon. And it's just this like warm, comforting, but also has a bit of a kick, so it's re-energizing at the same time. Right. And it's just all of these are like very well thought out. Super portland, because it's like lattes. But to like the extreme, what's like the full <laughs> logical extreme of latte? Let's go for it, especially yeah. if it's like locally spiced. So um, and the fact that it's called never coffee, it's just like it's coffee. Yeah. But like, but is it not really? It's not really coffee. It's just kind of an experience. So I want to go to there. Yeah, we will go there when you visit. We have a lot of places to go. Ah, <laughs> uh, the aftertimes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, someday. <laughs> My song is I believe it's called My Actual Code, which is Gigi's song, which I really liked. A lot of the lyrics are just kind of nonsense, but there are a couple, uh, which this is a part of the, of the game where or a part of the app that is not a game where you have to take parts of the song. It's the chorus of the song to complete the puzzle, uh, which I'm sure Corey loved. Uh, and uh, one of the verses is, I would love to see us played somewhere like in somewhere like in a penny arcade. Sadly, this Boolean might never be true no more quest no more fun or replay value i miss you mr game and i'm happy we feel the same but if you don't believe this special ode let me remind you of my actual code and then it gets into kind of like the puzzly really catchy i thought 
chorus part, but that chorus definitely got stuck in my head. I do love that she gives hints in the song. Yes. Like, that was really fun. I thought that was really cool. It definitely took me a couple times of hearing it to be like, oh, she's saying the things on the screen. It took me way too long. (laughs) But I thought it was really cool. It also was a little tough because it was like she was singing a song she did not want to be singing. Right? Like, she was trapped in this song she did not want to be singing. So it was definitely like uncomfortable at the very least of just like she's singing the song and I'm having to do this puzzle and set her free which again is goes back to the damsel thing but, but yeah I thought it was a really catchy song Corey sing us your song there we go <laughs> my song goes like this the bear went over the mountain the bear went over the mountain the bear went over the mountain to see what he could wait is that right see yeah, what he yeah, could you see nailed it. You could you nailed to see what he could see. Yeah. I think it just goes. <laughs> and so on and so on for all eternity. This is, I felt like this was partway through playing this. That was what I realized I felt like was that I was like, I feel like the bear going over the mountain. And what do you think he saw? He saw another mountain. And that it just felt like it was insurmountable. Like every time I, I kind of thought I figured something out, I just remembered that I'm not good at this. And it was just another mountain ahead of me so that is my that old childhood song represents my experience of trying to play this game i'm so sorry <laughs> i mean i'm fine i get it i didn't yeah, suffer I don't, trauma I don't at the hands of you. this game <laughs> i'm okay guys if you need to talk this out later it's okay i'll be here for you <laughs> appreciate that um i want i want to see if either of you can name my song before oh, i ooh. before i tell you the title I love uh, okay so 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 hints puzzles this is the kind of game i like (laughs) yeah this is this is probably the most meta song that i know and somehow it still works as just like a good song that i like like i like it both without thinking about the lyrics at all and then thinking about the lyrics i like it again there's no separation there and it's fantastic oh hook by uh blue traveler you got it right away next i was gonna read the opening lines and see how how long it would take. So not very long. <laughs> You've talked about this before, haven't you? Yes. A lot of people forget when we play these games that Jason and I are the same person. Yeah. Same person. <laughs> yeah. Not not as cool as it seems if you realize that when we know the thing that the other person's going to say. So so let me just read the lyrics cuz cuz when he's not singing it, they really really sound like they're about this game. It doesn't matter what I say, so long as I sing with inflection. That makes you feel I'll convey some inner truth or vast reflection. But I've said nothing so far, and I can keep it up for as long as it takes. Doesn't matter who you are. If I'm doing my job, then it's your resolve that breaks, because the hook brings you back. It's such a good song! selfie no tell me more it's the greatest and unfortunately was canceled before it was finished john Cho and karen gillen john Cho playing the first uh romantic asian male lead on a sitcom in this uh show 
Uh, I hold that the first episode grossed everyone out too much, and then they never came back, but it was actually genius. Uh, How did it, and okay. the first episode like opens with Karen Gillan throwing up on an airplane uh, and a series of events that is just extremely gross. But basically, the show is, it's uh, My Fair Lady? What's the one that's Pygmalion? Pygmalion. Yeah, but like, what's the, the like musical or okay, the... it's my fair lady okay. right, but, but i want to say which, which one is pygmalion yeah. it's it's pygmalion is is the one that's pygmalion well anyways so it's like my fair lady <laughs> her name is eliza dooley in it and um and henry is played by john show who uh they work at the same place and she's like very vapid uh and really into her social media and all that kind of stuff and he thinks he can fix her uh, and turn her into like an upstanding, non-selfish member of society, while also ignoring the fact that he's got a whole bunch of flaws of his own. But one of the episodes centers around the fact that he's obsessed with Blues Traveler. And so like they keep on like cutting back to him at this Blues Traveler concert throughout the like episode. And there's like a whole scene that revolves around him getting like really into that song. And so every single time I think of of that, I just see John Cho, blessed John Cho, singing at the top of his lungs to Hook. And it, uh it's magical. I highly recommend this show. I need to watch this show now. That sounds fantastic. I'm in. I'm in. That sounds great. Allow me a very brief uh, uh, digression, but it sounded like you were going on somewhere else. So I, I don't want to cut you off. Oh, no, I was just, just about to say, like, it's only like eight episodes or something like that. Uh, so, you know, just long enough for you to get like really into it. And then it, it goes away but i highly recommend it Ooh, ron funches is in ron it. funches is in it and so is sam levine sam levine's in it ron That's funches great. is in it he's very very late in the credits so he might just be like in a single so. oh yeah maybe in a, yeah, yeah, so like, right. i've watched this so Wayne. many times and i don't remember that but, nice all right i'll yeah. check it out there's our recommendation station preview right there recommendation station nice. beautiful so good watch this show from eight years ago or whatever that should have had that should we'll still be on to this day, as far as I'm concerned. That and Firefly. All right. Quick digression. Ben, you can delete this in a moment. Wait. My Fair Lady, based on Pygmalion by George Bernard Shaw, based on the story of Pygmalion and Galatea, which is basically a straight up, you know, damsel in distress type story, right? Except it's even weirder because he makes the damsel, right? She's his sculpture. Well, we were talking earlier about what games like undermine the damsel in distress trope. One of my favorite games, and you can play it in a half hour, is called Galatea. And it's from the point of view of the okay. statue. And it's all about female oh. agency. And it's a game where you as the player have very little agency. You're not playing from her point of view. You're discovering her point of view. You're watching her. This is a text. And depending on the way you interact with her. It, it is a text-based game, Ben. But it's smarter than most. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's smarter than most in that it's not like a, a quick if-then. There's a bunch of variables working behind the scenes mm-hmm. that you don't know that are all about like, how nice have you been? Have you been chill? Like, how are things going? That she has an opinion of you that's changing over time. And it it can result in, I think there's over 40 different endings that go all these different directions. And it's, which is why it's partially about agency and about like all the different things that that she can do. And it does depend on you, Mm -hmm. but it's not a quick, you know, like if I do this, then she'll do that. It's much, much more complex than that. And it always amazes me that like any video game that tries to do dating sim stuff always falls back on just those easy if then statements. Whereas Galaxy is such a great model for a game that, any relationship can just be more complex. And Galatea is not cool. necessarily a romantic one. I think that is a couple of the, the endings, but not necessarily the most satisfying ones. Okay. I think we recommend, because we did a like a text game 
side quest a few years ago, yeah. and I think that was one of the ones that you recommended. Mm. So that came yeah. up in it. I so I uh, I got near replicant one point two two four three six. There's numbers. I don't know. There's numbers, um, and it's awesome. I love it. Um, I, I got nothing to say, but it's really fun. Um, also been playing MLB the Show. Nice. Fun in a very different way. And if I if I want to like, if I want to fall into existential dread, oh, like near automata. Exactly. It's the same kind of near. It's the same kind of near. So if, if I want to fall into existential dread, I play N I E R. I play uh, near replicant. Uh, and if I just want to like waste the evening and watch the hours disappear, and like look up and be like, I feel good now. It's MLB the Show. Miss Clifton. Ms. Yes. Clifton. Yes. Yes. Ben Helms. Why does it say version one point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine? Ellipsis. You saw me try to skate through it, everyone. All right, so here we go. What does that mean? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. No! So... <laughs> Quickly. So near is the first game in the series. I know you know that that's a lie, listener. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's called near replicant. Don't worry, listener. I know that's a lie. That came out in 2010. In 2017, near automata, its sequel came out. I know it's more complex than that, but that's okay. Now, since nobody could play the original near. And since they screwed up the uh, the Western localization, where they literally changed the main character from the uh, the female protagonist's brother to her father, which is a weird switch, they did a new one, and it just came out this week. Uh, it's not a new one. It's the old game, again, with somewhat added things, totally remastered, playable, and with the original story. What is that 1.22? What are those numbers? Well, it's the square root of 1.5. When asked about why he did that, Yoko Taro said, I thought it was funny. I kind of respect Yoko Taro, uh, and I'm going to show you videos of him because he goes to uh, all interviews wearing a mask. And uh, when asked about it, he says, like, oh, I get really nervous around people. I don't like them to see my face. Like, he's very just straight up honest about things. He's like, "Uh, I don't like that. Very silly, very fun, and wears this giant kind of horrific mask whenever he interviews with people. That is a mask of one of his characters in his game. All right. So any more recommendations? Trying to think what else I've been playing. What have I been putting off due to, to, to Ting, the game that we all call it Ting, because that's the name of it. Ting, um, yeah. That's, that's what we all think of it obviously. as. I think just the show, man. It's been yeah, like once a year, I play the show, MLB the show. And I, we, Jason and I are both in it this year. We're both in the game. In the game. And yeah, the girls create, this isn't going to make the podcast, Corey, but uh, the, I let the girls make my like, creative player. And they just made this guy with a, a like a giant hair everywhere like a beard and like just and his name's uh jackson phil not phil jackson the greatest nba coach of all time yeah <laughs> his name is jackson phil nicknamed noodles. noodles so his full name is course jackson noodles phil which is just an unfortunate sentence and <laughs> <laughs> jason went with the classic Ooh. jason helms they say yeah. my name in the video game, Corey. Straightforward. The announcers, every time I get up I mean, to play, yeah, cool. I, they say out loud, they say next at bat, Jason Helms. It's amazing. Yeah, if that's an option, that feels like a thing I'd do. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, next month, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We Corey, you got your recommendation. Out, right? well, it's I guess, the, it's um, the ABC show, or did you have something else? I didn't want to. Yeah, it's now it. Selfie. I think there yeah, might have cool. been something I was thinking about earlier, but I didn't write it down, and so it is in the wind. It's gone. Uh, it's real gone. quick, month in the news, not even enough for the drop, but there are whispers on the wind of a KOTOR remake happening at um, some studio. I guess it could be LucasArts, since that's a thing again, that I'm pretty sure 
our podcast is responsible for. Absolutely. So you're welcome. Absolutely. And that was, by the way, that being news never made month in the news. Did yes, it? it did. No, that was <laughs> Lucas. Yeah, no, we did. did. We bring we that did. up. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Lucas arts. You're doing things again. More star Wars. I think we, yeah, I think maybe we did a few months ago. Okay. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to playing KOTOR again. And I would love to have Corey play it for like, I was going to say an hour, maybe 20 minutes just to see how that goes. So know my limitations here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> RPG, but like Star Warsy, and it's like it's the closest to Star Trek Star Wars has ever gone. I think it has a cute boy you can make out with, and also a cute girl you can make out with. And in the original, you had to pick one. I'm guessing in the remake, you might not have to. Hey, also by by the time they got to later games in the series by that company, your gender did not have any bearing on whether or not you could date any of these people. And then they got more complex with, like, it does matter to some of them and not to others. So, yeah. wow. more representation, and hopefully they'll do that with the, the remake, because I know everyone ships all kinds of combinations in the original Knights of the Old Republic. I yeah, said yeah. that in a creepy way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we are shifting from the Black Dev Spotlight to just Dev Spotlight. Uh, let me explain that real quick, why that's happening. We initially created Black Developer Spotlight as a way to highlight black voices in gaming. Uh, as it went on, though, we worried that it might become tokenizing. Uh, we didn't want to highlight game devs for being black, but highlight black game devs that you might not have heard of. So the three of us had a conversation and decided to shift to just a, sim- a simple developer spotlight where we'll highlight voices outside the mainstream. Part of the selection process is to look at marginalized and multiply marginalized developers, but by changing the title, we'll be highlighting them for their games, not just their identity, although, of course, the two are inseparable. So, welcome to Developer Spotlight. We're excited to find some games you haven't played by some developers you may not have heard about elsewhere. This month's developer is Kitsune Games. Kitsune Games was founded in 2013 with the goal of creating great games that were both more accessible and diverse than many of the current offerings at the time. Um, it's a uh, queer game development collective uh, founded by Eniko Masin, who built nearly all of the games herself at first, but it's since expanded into a uh, larger collective with over two dozen uh, great and diverse people and partners working on various projects for the developer. So uh, their upcoming game is Kitsune Tales. That will be coming out at some point this year. Uh, it looks like a classic kind of 8-bit Mario platformer, described as classic platforming, magic, and queer romance. Uh, check out the trailer at some point, because it looks really fun, and I cannot wait to check it out. That may be a future month game. But they've done some other stuff. They did Ultra Hat Dimension, which is a Zelda-like puzzle game with hats. There are so many hats. Uh, of course, their most popular game is probably Super Bernie World, the only Bernie Sanders-based Mario clone that you need. And the game that I played, this is the one that I'm most excited about, is Midboss. It's a roguelike about possessing your defeated enemies in order to become stronger. You play the weakest of the dungeon denizens, an imp with no ability other than possessing other creatures. Your goal is to defeat and possess increasingly stronger creatures, unlocking their abilities for yourself and becoming stronger as you go along, and eventually defeat and become the dungeon's ultimate end boss. Uh, so that's that's straight from the back of the game, as if games have backs anymore. But let me tell you about some things I liked. First off, I like classic roguelikes. I think that's really fun. Uh, the central mechanic of possessing enemies is a great one, one of my favorites from other games, and certainly a good one here. Think uh, Pokemon, but evil, uh, because after you possess them, you can then become them again. It has all the complexity of a traditional roguelike, 
but it's super approachable. There's great tutorialization uh, and then tons of options to allow you to approach it how you want to. If you end up getting killed a bunch early on and just say, I hate this, this is so super frustrating, you can just crank down the difficulty, go into story mode, uh, make it however you want to uh, approach it so that you can actually enjoy the game. It really does have something for everyone. And finally, it's part of the bundle for racial justice and equity from itch.io. So if you bought that in summer of 2020, you already own this game. Go check, find out. Uh, and if not, it's 15 bucks, and I'd say worth it. All right, that is Developer Spotlight for this month. See you again next month. All right. What are we? What are you two playing next month? We're gonna miss you, Ben. I know. Not very much though. Nope. Because we're gonna have Mark here. The new Ben. Mark. The new Ben. The new Ben. Yep. Can't tell him apart <clears throat> in a dark garage. You cannot. A dark garage. Which is where you notoriously try to tell people. Where apart. we hang out a yeah. lot. Yep. Yeah. How did they get into the garage? Mm-hmm. Whatever will I they get into that- into that in that garage? Who knows? That's for you to decide, <laughs> listener. In our special fan fiction side quest that you get to write. Uh, but for now, whose hand is this? Mark or Ben's? <laughs> Who can know? <laughs> uh, but for now, next month, we will be playing Super Mario 3D World slash and yeah. Bowser's Fury. Pew, 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 pew. Um, I don't know if you, we got to be Wait, both, them, but they came in one package. So, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The game is right. called wow. Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Um, yes. Was Botluck playing that too? Or was he playing. Yes, he was. The what the hat one. No, he was playing this one. He was playing that one. So shout out to David Botluck, by the way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and the snacks. Oh shout my out to the gosh, snacks. The snacks. Shout out to the yeah. snacks. Shout out to sugar, Heather Sugared Edge. Sugared, sugared Edge. Sugared Edge Bakery. Not Sugar Edge. No. Sugared Edge Bakery in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh my gosh. You heard it last week, but yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. But amazing, we hadn't received our, our treats at that point. Yeah. Um, and at that the, point, we're just going off reviews. Yeah. Yeah. And the vegan cookie sandwich things that I got were just like insane. My mom tried to like nick one and I was like, I will fight you. Wow. <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> these are yeah. these are mine. My, <laughs> my family got brownies and it led to an, an argument, a pretty vicious argument about like, what is a brownie? Because it's not this like <laughs> This is too yeah, good. No, no, brownies like beneath this, and I love brownies. But it was like, no, <laughs> wow. no, you don't, you don't call this, this a, a brownie. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> this, this is a gift. This is a gift. That's right. It doesn't get a name. Mm. Any name would fall beneath it. <laughs> Razor sharp rocks. Okay, yeah. Okay. And Mario. Back to Mario. Hey, we're playing it next month. Uh, it's gonna be fun. Um, it's also it's it's a longer game. I'm not sure we're all going to beat it because it's kind of one of those games. Oh, that, no, like, <laughs> there's no way. I don't think you got to beat it. Right. I don't think there's spoilers. No. I feel like I mean, I'm only a couple worlds in. I'm rescuing fairies, not the princess. Yeah. Still damsel in distress, but I get to play as Princess Peach, which is great. I love Pin- yeah. Princess Peach. Oh, cool. And oh, I yeah. bet at the end I'll defeat Bowser and things will be OK, is my guess. Yeah. We uh, both Mark and I are terrible at games. Uh, and Sweet. so we share this in common, which is, which is fun. Like, I feel like with you guys, you usually are like, oh yeah, I can, I can beat it one way or another. Things like that. Mark is just as bad at games as I am. So we've actually played this once, uh, online. Um, and his son was hilarious, like coaching, uh, us through it. He's like, 
you know, I can't say we're using like on the phone, the little Nintendo switch app, you know, so you can talk while you're playing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And his son is just like, Corey, you need to do this. You need to jump off this thing here. You can turn into this. And I'm like, okay. Just being coached along with it. So we're hopefully going to do some awesome. more of that. And maybe we can come out at this with, from the angle of playing solo, playing as a team, uh, and all that. get, yeah, multiple angles on Super Mario 3D World. My my kids are awesome. obsessed with it. They love it. They made me play it yeah. for like two hours nice. today while they watched. And they love that <laughs> Dude, all the characters can turn great. into cats. Um, mm-hmm. the, that's their favorite is when, when they, uh, except then they found out that they can turn into raccoons also. And then they got really excited. We've talked about Tanukis and the difference between Tanukis and raccoons. I mean, it was, it was a lot. Uh, I just wanted to go on record and saying the reason I'm not going to be here next month is because, um, I only play uh, small that's indie right. games and specifically Lucas arts games or Lucasfilm games, games, I uh, would never, um, sell out to like some sort of like giant corporation, Ooh. um, like Disney or Nintendo or something like that and play some sort of giant game, like a big old triple A star Wars game or anything like that. So, um, that's why I'm not going to be here next month, Obviously. but have fun. Hopefully Mark plays the game this month. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> well, we know well, he already has. So that's a, that will step help. In the, I mean, that will help. And like I said, there's no way he's beating it. That's not going to happen, Fair but enough. Fair you know, enough. we'll, we'll play some more of it and it'll be fun to talk about. He's excited about it. He asked about it today. I'm excited. Ben will spend the month catching up on Paradise Killer. It'll be great. And House of Leaves. House of Leaves? Gosh. Leaves of Grass? House of, House of, House of Leaves of Grass. I read mm. the Walt Whitman one a bunch of times, okay? It's the other one, the Daniel Oluski one. I so, Daniel Oluski's second novel, uh, Only Revolutions, was actually a reference to Leaves of Grass, which... Uh, check us out. Our website, momf.com. You can email us at momf. M-O-L-M-F. Month, month pod, M O L M M P O D at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, links to everything are there. Our websites, our show notes are always posted there. If they don't make them to your little uh, podcast player, you can find them on our website. Like our drinks and our songs are always there, and show notes are there. And I think that's all we have for you. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, and as always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. <laughs> there is no Corey. Uh, and I am not a mighty pirate. And I am not Russian. <laughs> God, I'm so angry. <laughs> the a lot of str- I didn't think strong bad until we started recording. You know, well, it's just yeah, no, it's definitely strong, strong bad. Definitely strong bad. <laughs>